Hi there. Hi there. Hi there. The great tit is a bird. The great tit is a bird. The great tit is a bird. When you and Papi divorced, I kind of wanted to divorce you too, Mamai. I put a lot of work into that. You know. But this summer messed it all up. Now it's like you're always around, always whispering at me on some level, even though I literally left you on the other side of the planet. Does that mean you're always gonna follow me around now? Don't answer that. After that first visit to Tuca Hotel, my neck got so itchy I wanted to rip it off. I hadn't been so itchy since your last day, when Bobby was speeding through every traffic light to get us to the hospital. I got insanely itchy. It was like spreading virally. I wanted to scratch my inside parts, like my ear canals, my windpipe. I would have scratched my eyes out if we hadn't arrived to the hospital just then. Only a month before, you told us you only had skin symptoms. You'd been vaccinated, so you'd only get a mild case. That's what you said, but then you were hospitalized. You always said you were lucky. When we got to your room, the lights started flickering. Your EKG started fritzing. Do you remember? You always knew what to do when that happened, like at the casino or whatever. Relax, cheeky, relax. And you'd take my hands, which were all clenched so I wouldn't scratch my hives and open my little pinprick cuts. And you'd help me breathe slowly in and out. And the flickering would stop. But that time at the hospital, I wanted you to focus on yourself. I didn't want you to manage my issues. Though I guess it was only fair, because I had to manage your issues a million times before. And Rolly was hungry and too scared to go near you. Your skin, even under the weeping rashes, was already turning gray. So Poppy took him to the vending machine while I stayed with you. I remember sitting in a hospital chair with my eyes closed. Exhausted, but awake. Out of habit and panic, I scanned the room. Chrome legs supported my seat. Curtains hung from nickel hooks. Copper components conducted TV signals. A grid of aluminum beams supported the drywall. I ran through the drill you taught me from what you would call the base scan to the action scan. Steel carts and wheelchairs were rolling past. Silver jewelry was bouncing on rushing nurses. Anxious families and idle orderlies pacing through the hallways checked smartphones full of tiny rare earth elements. Ray Ray, you yelled like You'd been calling me a while. Maybe you had. I opened my eyes and said, Mamai, have you been scanned yet? You said you were waiting for me to do that. 
I don't do that kind of scan and you knew it, but you still said, Come on, cheeky, I think you can. You know I believe in you. I told you to stop it. I hated when you said that. Ray, Ray. I know I made you all messed up. But I was all messed up too. Am I supposed to be okay with that? I said, digging my nails into my forearms. No. Don't ever be okay with that, cheeky. You spread your cracked lips in a sort of smile. The doctor said your vitals were fine. Your EKG beeped steadily. But your skin was cracking. Your face was cracking. You were shriveling up. I have something for you. You said, reaching under your blanket, taking out a small envelope. But before I could take it from you, you dropped it to the floor and grabbed my hand instead. Your suddenly strong grip shocked pain up my fingers. Don't ever be okay with people treating you like shit, you said. Not even me. I yanked my hand away, and you tried to grab my chin, but I scrambled to my feet. Oh, good girl, such a good girl. You fell back against your pillow, weak again. You're the best part of Poppy and me. I crouched to the floor and grabbed the envelope. You said it was family photos, old stuff. Open it later. So I pocketed the envelope and started pacing, my skin still screaming with itch. Don't worry, cheeky. Just do what Papi tells you. So many people care for you. Like that Dr. Monamye. I think, I think she could help you. I stopped. How did you know Dr. Monamye? Parent-teacher conference. Remember? I wanted to shake you. You always kept so much from me. You shrank like a slashed tire and said, Ray Ray, everything is getting so bright. I can barely see you. I had sunglasses. I unhooked them from my collar and slid them over your ears. But your face drooped and the sunglasses slid off and I was like, Mamai, you have to hold your head up or else they won't stay on. But your neck had gone boneless. Your whole body'd gone boneless. I shook your shoulder and shouted at you, but the EKG stopped beeping. It emitted a continuous high-pitched wail. My wail, my scream. I pushed buttons, hospital staff came running, and I cried so hard the EKG went silent and the room went dark, so I forced myself to stop crying and everything came back on, but then I scratched so hard my infected cuts oozed pus. Renea, hello! I'm so sorry I cut our call short the other day. It's okay. Did you talk to your- Good news. I have been cleared to go to Mayaka. Seriously? 
When? As soon as possible. I hope to book a ticket today. That's awesome, but what'll happen with your... You had something to tell me. Can you talk about it now? Um, it'll be easier to just show you once you get here. All right, but please assure me that you are all right. Have you heard of a place called Tuka International? The hotel? Of course. It is a well-known brand in Faremia. And their owner is one of the giant sponsors. So, they've been running a girl's shelter in their basement? Oh, yes, I heard about that. The city has paid many hotels to offer shelter during the pandemic. But the Tuka shelter's kind of shady. How so? It's kind of like Mr. Johnson, but a lot worse. Mr. Johnson? Medina and me are trying to find a new shelter for the girls. There are seven of them. Do they want to go? Not exactly. Especially if we can't find a place that'll take all of them. What is wrong with a Tuka shelter? Well, Medina wants to ask the journalist lady across the hall for advice, but I was thinking you would know what... What? The lady living near you? Yeah. Medina says she has connections... But like I said, I think you would know better. Renea, what is wrong with the Tuka shelter? You'll be here soon, right? Then I can just show you. I will be there soon. But, Renea, I do not think you should be making plans or telling other people, even me, until you have talked to the girls at length and you know for certain that you are doing what they want. I know. I'm trying. I just think... Go ahead, dear. I just think that when you get here, you'll see what's going on and they'll listen to you. You'll counsel them and you'll fix things. Just like at school. I will try, dear. I will try. Medina and I were annoyed with each other. She was annoyed that I talked to Dr. Monamia without her, and she kept annoying me by asking, what was in that class photo that made you so upset? So I should have been relieved when the giant made me go recruiting by myself. Alone time should have been good, right? But I was nervous. And in C2, I was pretty much always with Medina. I'd never go around alone. And come to think of it, though I'd never tell Medina this, I guess I'd never gone around any slum alone. On family trips to Isabelina or Boreo, I'd go around with you, Mamai, or with Papi. And at least I kind of looked like a local in our home sweet home slums, as you'd call them. 
But in C2, I was the light brown and fucka outsider that all the dark brown locals stared at. So I didn't go around. I sat on the bench outside Athena High, idly handing out recruitment flyers, far enough away from in situ community center that no one from the giant could see me, but close enough that I could easily run back. I slouched low, feeling totally unmotivated. The clouds above moved slow and heavy, and anyway, I had bigger problems to solve. I'm waiting for you to do that, Jiki, this guy grumbled. Or was that you? I'm waiting for you, baby girl. Monkeys ran across low-hanging power cables. Wind blew thick red dust between in situ community center and Athena High School. The bench rumbled beneath me, and it felt like you were talking to me through everything. The thunder, the lightning, like this whole time you'd propulsed me through the Mayakin summer. The flyer in my hand flashed. Literally, I saw flames. I heard my voice shout. I dropped the flyer and stamped the flames out, but my hand didn't hurt. It didn't even feel that warm. So I tried it again. I concentrated on a new flyer. I imagined lightning striking down, you striking down from the sky, Mamai, into my arm, into the flyer. And it started to burn. Someone swiped the flyer off my stack. What the? But it was just Arjun. She crumpled the flyer in her fist and said, do this one. She tossed the crumpled ball to me. I caught it, and it burst into flames. Blah, 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 cool, she said. Come with me. Where? To the mound. Arjun stroked the little kalimba implants in her arm and spread her lips into a toothy, scary grin. What was the mound? The rubbish heap, she said pointing her head south towards the deep slums hill of garbage piled so high it was as tall as a building. But I was supposed to recruit more kids. The giant gave me a quota for the day. Oh, you can do that on the way, she said. I'll help you. Mm -hmm. Come on, don't you want to see what you can really do? Arjun turned out to be the best recruiter I've ever seen. She charmed, laughed, cooed sympathetically, and when someone wavered, she flashed her real personality, pushing, pushing, aggressively, relentlessly. No wonder passersby would stare at her. The flyers were gone, and my sign-up sheet was, like, completely filled before we even crossed the train tracks. You should work for the giant, I said. You're amazing at this. She smiled. I know, I felt her say. And it was just like with you, Mamai. Sometimes we would talk silently, like at the casino. Cheeky, cheeky, the black numbers or the red ones. 
Arjun was talking to me like that. We got to the rubbish mound, but she led me around to the back side, the side facing away from in situ. It was also the side that smelled less bad, less fly covered, because it was the so called recycling side, where the garbage was mixed with paper, plastic, and electronic parts that weren't rotting away. A couple of other kids were picking through the parts, but Arjun went to them and said something that made them leave without protest. Then she ran up the mound, scooped up a milk carton, and threw it straight at my face. I fried it just before it hit. A burst of fire, then ash floating to the ground. Arjun clapped. You're brilliant, she said. Then she pummeled me with garbage, throwing everything she could at me. Sticks, stones, bones, old bones, limp plastic bags of who knows what. I fried every single thing in the air before my face. And Arjun laughed the whole time. Not the practice giggles she used at Tuca Hotel, but real laughter. Loud and honking like a traffic jam motogari. So I decided to ask. I stumbled up the mound to her and said, what would it take for you to leave Tuca? She dropped the glass bottle she was about to throw. Why would I leave? Cause they're not, you know, nice. She laughed, a different closed laugh, more like her Tuca laugh. No one's nice. How about the other girls? We've never had so much money in our lives, and believe me, Miss Empirica Mpaka, money matters. She reached out and squeezed my shoulder, sliding her thumb under my neckline, her fingertip barely brushing my scales. And when I jerked back, she just smiled and said, I thought so. Do you eat meat? She changed the subject so suddenly, I was like, what? She repeated her question. And I was like, uh, sure. Do you eat chicken? Sure. Arjun ran down the mound, grabbed a stray hen off its feet, and ran back to me, smoothing the hen's flapping wings. She said, fry it. It took me a second to understand what she meant. And when I did, I yelled, no. Come on, I'll cook you a big chicken stew. You'll love it, I'm a good cook. My jaw was starting to ache. I won't hurt it. I see, so you'll just wait for someone else to kill it. Brave one you are. Arjun. I'm not going to set a live chicken on fire. That's, that's cruel. Then don't be cruel. Just touch its head. Send a little pulse. No, I already said no. Arjun dropped the hen, who waddled away, all indignant. If I knew, Arjun said, closing her eyes, stroking her kalimba implants that you could and would protect me maybe i would leave 
I knew she was working me just like she worked the kid she just recruited for the giant. Yet still, I asked, is that what you really want? Because more than I wanted to not hurt the hen, I wanted to believe Arjun. And more than I wanted to believe her, I wanted to save her. I did, Mamai. Really, I did. I scrambled after the hen and touched its head. We both screamed. I fell back on my ass and the hen flew. It actually flew away. I can't control it, I wheezed. So Arjun leaped into the air, caught the hen and pulled it back to me. She grabbed my hand and held it to the hen's head forming a circuit between the three of us. Do it now. And I could. I could control it. She was regulating my voltage. I could feel it in her insides, and I could feel it in the hen, her outside and her inside parts. The feeling jolted my arm and my body, and pleasure flooded through my chest and groin. She dropped us both, the hen, my hand. I thought the hen would run away like the proverbial chicken with its head cut off, but the hen, she just dropped to the ground, keeling over. Arjun gently lifted the hen, cradling her. She combed her fingers through the hen's tiny, wispy head feathers. Then she looked up, eyes shining, and said, there's no mark, no smell. You left no trace. Then I was overcome with the need to scratch hard, all over, inside and outside. I dug my fingers into this insane inch on my neck. Happy now, I said. My words tasted like bile. Then my vomit tasted like bile. I was vomiting. But even then, while I vomited, the pleasure echoed through my body. I wanted to do it again. I wanted to push my power out into something living. An animal. A girl animal. I was hungry to do it again. And I knew I would never vomit again. Not over this. Renea, where are you? The giant said you're out recruiting. I've looked everywhere and can't find you. I hope you didn't wander too far. Arjun waited for me to finish. She unzipped my backpack and handed me my water bottle. I gargled water and spit it out. Clouds were gathering above. Leaves were swirling from trees in the distance. Tomb bats scrambled up into midair colonies, and I drank long and deep. She grabbed my hand and held it to her temple. I was confused, and her skin was so velvety, I rubbed my finger on it. Then it dawned on me what she was pushing me to do. I tried to yank my hand away. 
No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. She gripped me like a vise. You want to. And Mamai, she was right. It would have felt so good. It would have been so easy. What on earth are you doing up there? Medina was calling to us. She'd found us at the mound and we hadn't even noticed. In one smooth motion, Arjun released my hand and swiped up the dead hen. We got a chicken for stew and I'm showing her how to be the savior she wants to be. Medina looked at Arjun, then me, then back to Arjun, but said nothing. She just kept observing, absorbing my embarrassment and Arjun's casualness as we walked back to Nsitu Community Center in silence. At the center, Medina, she commanded us, don't move. She ran inside to fetch her bag. This menstruating monkey, her hindquarters streaked with blood, tried to follow her inside, but the door slammed in the monkey's face. Arjun pushed a crumpled flyer into my hand and said, you asked what I really want? Then she left. Medina came out so annoyed, I could see it coming out her ears. Where's Arjun? I shrugged, stuffing the crumpled flyer in my pocket. Whatever you did up there, don't do it again. I was helping her. No. Medina stomped to the Motogari stop. We need a better plan. I followed Medina and waited with her just like I did at the end of every day. But that night, when I was finally alone, I uncrumpled Arjun's ball. Two words were scribbled on it. Nadia, dead. Goodbye. Have a great day. Goodbye. Have a great day. The great. It is a bird dot com.